coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Games are better when they're played together. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great, and one of the reasons it's going so well is because I'm, I, I think we both share this excitement, but yeah. I'm really excited for The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. The new Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. That last, I feel like every trailer for it has Two been Two minutes great. long. <laughs> the perfect length. The perfect length. Um, but that last trailer was so good. The music in the second half of that trailer, um, it feels to me like John Williams must have been sitting on Not that arrangement. composed by John Williams. What? Yeah, I actually saw this on Twitter, and I feel terrible now that I'm blanking on the person's name who did compose it um, or, or who arranged it. Yeah. Because it, I completely agree with you that it is amazing, but the uh, Not Arranged, the wow. music in that Not Arranged wow. by John Williams. Yeah, uh, which kind of makes me disappointed. I mean, I'm I liked all of his scores, uh, and I'm for the Star Wars movies, and I'm excited to see what the score for nine is like. But I really love that arrangement from the trailer. Yeah, uh, me too. I think it's interesting that you backpedaled from I really like John Williams scores to I really like his scores for Star Wars. I mean, I don't love the terminal. Well, okay, all right, but what about Catch Me If You Can? What about E.T.? What about Close Encounters? They're all th- seminal. <laughs> for sure uh what about sonic forces if, seminal se- well for I mean, sure i mean come on though the pantheon of video games if you would like to borrow my copy of sonic forces you can all you need is a nintendo switch and something that sends email uh so you can email us at nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com. Uh, and give us a mailing address where we can send my copy of sonic forces so you can play it for as long as you want then you send it back to me and it's all free to you while you are sending that email, mm-hmm. send us a separate email with your Super Mario Maker 2 levels. Um, we love playing them. We love talking about them on the show. We love sharing the level codes so other people can find your levels and enjoy them. Yeah. So uh, I really like that game. I feel like it kind of fell off the radar really fast. Yeah, kind of uh, faster than um, the original did, right? I feel like the original had some either some staying power or like it went quiet and then had a resurgence. And I don't know if that just has to do with, like, its Twitch life. Because uh, it's a big streaming game. People like to watch other people play Super Mario Maker 2. I, and I also just don't know if it benefited from, like, being a big game on Wii U and just had a lot more breathing room around it. Sure. Yeah. Well, and, like, also just being novel at that point, too. But it's and, still super fun. Yes, yeah, still super fun, and we still want to play your levels. Look, we don't mean to we don't mean to diminish your accomplishment of making levels in Super Mario Maker Two. We want to play them. Email or tweet at us. We are at Nincart Society on Twitter. Last thing, we need your what help? We need your help. We are going to be determining the best piece of Nintendo music of all time, but we're we're only going to do it through pieces that you, our listeners, nominate. That's right. We're going to take all your nominations, turn them into some sort of big bracket. We'll have to figure out what the matchups are exactly. 
and then whittle it down. Patrick and I are not allowed to nominate anything. No, not allowed to nominate a single thing. So I keep emphasizing this because I am terrified. Yes. Like, if there are obvious ones that you're like, these have to have been already called out, I'm begging you, send them in. Right. Because I'm pretty sure... There are gaping holes right. at this moment. So if you're like, surely someone else is going to nominate the end theme music from Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, uh, you can't take that for granted. Yeah, take nothing for granted in this. Right. Gusty Gardens, look, I, we don't mean to be a broken record, but like someone's got to nominate it. Unless someone already has. But like, don't assume that it's don't been done. Don't assume that it's been done. Uh, that being said, some of the nominations are super exciting. I'm really yeah. excited to like talk about this and litigate it. But you only have a few days. Please get those into us by November 22nd. Uh, all right, Mark, uh, are you ready to get into our the main chunk of the episode here? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, we are a conversation about co-op games with Christian Humes. We are joined today by a host from the Unranked podcast and a game developer, Christian Humes, is here. And I'm very excited to be here on my favorite Nintendo podcast. Whoa! Oh, thank you. This is the second time that Christian has been on the show. That's You'll right. Of course, remember that Christian was here helping us determine the best Mario power up ever. That was a brutal episode, but we came mm-hmm. out as collectively on top. Um, and I, I just want do we remember what we ranked as number one? It was the Cat Bell. It was the cat it was bell. The yeah. cat bell. It was the Definitively. cat bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That um, was fun. That I was had so fun. much fun. It was a good time. Uh, go back and listen to that episode, although I guess we've spoiled it now. And also, well, like, keep listening to this one. Later, go back and listen to that no, one. No, find a second phone. <laughs> listen to both episodes at once. They'll sync up at one point. <laughs> right here at the beginning as we're giggling about stuff. Um, no, Christian, you're here today because we are going to be talking about our favorite co-op game games and game experiences yes um spoilers for some of mine not all my games are co-op games oh mine are neither oh (laughs) oh no we're breaking our own rules uh that's i think that's when we can have the most fun is when we're breaking our own rules right yeah baby um mark's bringing like an energy to this one (laughs) and i like it um, so why, 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 Mark, why are we talking about co-op games today? Well, Luigi's Mansion 3 mm-hmm. released mm. last week, and you could play that entire game in co-op if you wanted to. I mean, you have to get to the point where you, you can get generate Gooigi. a Gooigi, mm-hmm. which is like 45 minutes or an hour into the game. Uh, when I initially turned it on, Sarah was sitting on the couch next to me, and I was like, oh, we can play this together. Oh, it's brutal and then when it's that like, happens. Uh, you can't you really can't. let me. Yeah. I'm sure at any second, you're always turning to them like, I'm sure at any second I'm going to be able to do this. Or can you Google it? Is it in the menu? Do I have to like turn it on? And she's just on her phone. Yeah. At that do, you, do you think that they knew how much of a home run they'd hit with Gooigi before? Because they didn't show it off at mm. all when they announced the game until E3. And then suddenly, like, Gooigi shows up in the demo, and everyone's like, whoa, hold up. What's, Gu- what Gu- is this? We've previously been part of the Luigi's Mansion remake for the 3DS. I think that was oh, the I didn't get to play. I didn't play yes. that one. Of Luigi. Uh, Gooigi, of course. Well, Gooigi is created after the events of Dark Moon and then sent back in time to oh, the original. That okay. I did not know. <laughs> yes. I mean, it makes total sense to yep. me. Which is why, so the, the difference between the uh, remake and the original Luigi's Mansion is that 
One is like an alternate universe where Guiji was also there. I love Because he it. was sent back in time. I love that. This answers my question. Is Guiji also a Mario brother? Uh, does that answer your question? <laughs> well, he's... I think it I just mean, raises further questions. I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> uh, I, I would say probably not a, a Mario brother. I think Mario brother is locked up pretty tight to just Mario and Luigi. Because, uh, like, Wario's not a Mario brother. Uh, Waluigi's not a Mario brother. War- what is Wario? I thought he was related. I don't. I don't think. Th- I, I don't know think Waluigi's not. No, no, no. I think uh, Wario's not related either. But Waluigi and Wario are also not related. Correct. That's yeah. definitely true. Yeah. I mean, when we meet Wario, he has stolen Mario's castle from him. So double surprise: A, Wario exists. Yeah. B, Mario has a castle. <laughs> And I guess the third part of the surprise, Wario has stolen this castle. But yeah, I don't I don't think he's he doesn't seem to be of the same like race of being, right? Like he's got this big r- like red nose and pointy ears, like well, he just looks like someone screwed around with the Mario 64 screen <laughs> for a little while. Just pulled the lip like, down. <laughs> if someone doesn't belong in that family, it's Waluigi because he like towers over everyone. <laughs> That's true. He's huge. And also, just the dimensions of his body are so different than everyone else. He's a lanky boy. It's very strange. So we played a little bit of uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 together this this weekend, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I found that to be a very fun co-op experience. I really, really enjoyed it. It's actually... So I had played a little bit by myself, and I don't know that I want to continue to do it that way. I think I want to play through mm. the whole game in co-op, because at the, in the E3 demo for Luigi's Mansion 3, you um, it was not a co-op demo, and so you had to control Luigi by yourself. I didn't like that. I didn't like having to like shift between the mm. two um, characters in order to like solve puzzles and all of that. Like. I find it kind of tedious to that sort of thing. Um, I like that aspect of it. Uh, perhaps I like the tedium of it. It reminds me of Lost Vikings. Um, but uh, the playing in multiplayer um, has the, like playing in co-op, has the sort of like added advantage of um, all of the games that I'm going to bring up later that aren't technically co-op that I ended up playing co-op is that you're in a puzzle-solving environment or like a, a thing where you need to... M- apply one thing to another thing to make something happen mm-hmm. uh, and you've got two brains you've got two sets of eyes why do i feel like we all have the same single player game here that we're going to talk about I'm, we're not giving anything away right because <laughs> well, i have one single player game that i was going to talk about is better in co-op uh but uh, like th- there were so that e- each floor in uh, luigi's mansion has six gems in it uh, that are like these hidden objects that are um, – some of them are pretty obvious where to find them. But, like, if you're going to find all six, you're going to have to do some, like, pretty obscure, uh, like, puzzle solving, right? Right. Um, and we managed to clear out, like, two or three of the floors of gems because you and I were both, like, looking at it, like, talking through, like, oh, well, can can you go over here? Can you do this? And Well, one of the things I don't like in games in general, just because I'm a little bit impatient, is uh, I don't like not knowing where I'm supposed to go. Yeah. And so one of the things I really enjoyed in when we were playing together, it's like there was one level and we were trying to, like, figure out, like, oh, how do we get this key? And I really enjoyed, like, verbally puzzling it out with you and being like, well, what if we follow this chord? Like, yeah. it all seems to be connected. Like, those are the steps that I enjoy doing as a team versus, like, I get frustrated when I tried to do it myself. 
Yeah, you don't want to do an escape room by yourself. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> I um, It's so a weird night out. <laughs> here's a question I actually have. How far into the game are you? Uh, Like eight, eighth floor, maybe like halfway. Okay. Yeah. So then because the game is actually built for single player, but you can do it co-op, yeah. I'm assuming there aren't any puzzles that means where it's like a time-based thing necessarily or like... Because you, you can't have, like, concurrent actions happening because they have to be built for, a, 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 like, single yeah. person to do it. Yeah, well, so yes, yes and no. Because there, if you are, uh, like, sucking in uh, with the vacuum or, like, pushing out and you switch over to the other character, the first character will continue doing oh, that okay. action. Oh, great. So there are times where, like, you're pulling, uh, like you a know. a big object, like a watermelon. Yeah. An enormous watermelon. Uh, just a huge watermelon. Like a 10-foot-tall <laughs> watermelon. This like is a Waluigi-sized <laughs> watermelon. That's actually a much better version of... Um, because you brought up a different game, but I thought of Overcooked. If you ever try to play yeah. single-player Overcooked, and you have to switch between the chefs. The problem with that is... It's nonsense. You, you can't... Like, I can't start cutting and switch yeah. over to another chef. <gasps> and if it kept cutting with that chef, like it That'd would be with Luigi, else, yeah. then it would work perfectly. But I'm it convinced do that, that Overwatch is completely unplayable as a single-player game. Well, it's the same thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> over, and, and Overcooked, just by Overwatch, yourself. Don't bother. Yeah. But Overcooked... If you so. haven't started playing Overwatch yet, don't bother <laughs> because everyone else is too good. But yeah, Overcooked, like I also tried playing it initially single player and Mm-mm. not in the slightest Mm-mm. of fun. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, th- I think Luigi's Mansion 3 does uh, is a serviceable uh, w- single player game. Um, and I think there's even like one of the downsides of co-op is that like there are times when Gooigi has to like go through a pipe or like cross some spikes and then he just has to do the next thing. And so there were times when Mark was playing as Gooigi that I was just as Luigi mm, just like yeah. kind of hanging out. But like it's fine. Then you're like you get a break. Yeah, this is the perfect kind of game to play with my girlfriend. Yeah. This is I'm very excited for that. It's also uh Gooigi has way less health than uh Luigi. But A, if he just like stands around, it fills up. Mm-hmm. Um, and B, if he dies, you it just click in on the thumbstick. Doesn't matter at and all. It comes right Which back. Which again, right. perfect for me. I'm the guy who died at the Luigi's Mansion 3 E3 demo. Mark died in the <laughs> E3 demo. Oh, man. <laughs> like early in it. Like I was waiting outside for Patrick for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I love playing Gooigi. There's no stakes. They, I just like, let me, take, let me take a shot at this. I didn't realize it was like a roguelike. That was it. You just get one <laughs> shot at the Luigi's I, I, Mansion I, demo. The person like who's facilitating it did not know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I just like awkwardly left. So I come out of the booth. Mark's crying in the corner. <laughs> we wanted to get our picture taken with Luigi, but he won't come anywhere near us. Uh, so the, the Luigi's Mansion 3 was was one thing that we did co-op. The the other reason that we want to talk about co-op games is that uh, Resident Evil's 5 and 6 both came out on Switch uh, last week. And uh, Mark and I are big Resident Evil fans, but neither of us had played Resident Evil 6 at all. Which is crazy. That game is like probably 10 years old at this point. And until recently was the best-selling Resident Evil game. Um, but so we put it in and uh, started playing... And I think this lasted for tw- half an hour, 20 mm. minutes. It might have been longer than that. We might have given it a good hour. Okay, all right, all right. But, uh, yeah, didn't didn't love it. Didn't love it. Is was also, uh, like, it just in terms of what we we're talking about, uh, doesn't benefit really from having, like, a second uh, brain involved. 
um, like the other player could just have easily. It's it seems so linear, at least what we played of it. Um, and I mean, we were also playing split screen on on the Switch, which oh uh, boy, yeah. yeah, it's it's not great. No. Yeah, I feel like so the having not played all of Resident Evil Six, and I know it's a controversial game, like uh, because it leans heavily into the action part mm-hmm. and less into the survival horror that. Resident Evil, you know, I guess kind of like diminished from four on, yeah, um, or between four, five, and six. But I thought the pr- prologue that you played is like, okay, I could see how this compromise between kind of action and um, survival horror could work, yeah. But when we were playing co op, and again, I played five, I enjoyed five, but I played it with the AI partner, mm-hmm. and so maybe that colored my experience. Because in 6, I was like, it made sense to me that Resident Evil 6 had to be an action game. Because I don't know how you really do survival horror with two people. Yeah. Because one of the things that I like about Resident Evil is, like, the isolation. And it's a really kind of guided experience, right? Because you only have one perspective to worry about. Yeah, totally. And so when you open it up to two people, I don't really know how you could recapture something like that. Yeah, I recently played the new Blair Witch game. Oh yeah, uh, not on Nintendo consoles. That's fine. We'll Sorry. allow it. <laughs> but um, it, the I actually had a discussion about it, and the thing I was realizing is just like horror movies, like it's all about absence of control. Yeah, and it's like the more game that's in it, the less scary it gets in a lot of ways. So yeah, like the more actiony those Resident Evil games got, the less it is like gonna be scary and if you have another player there like you're literally seeing you can distract yourself it pulls you out of it right totally well and i mean we we found a thing where like the the characters all have melee attacks in uh resident evil 6 and we found that if we're both just like teaming up on the same zombie and just like hitting the melee attack button we just kill the zombie it's just left or dead at that point yeah kind (laughs) of okay just less less fun yeah uh but we're not here to talk about things that aren't fun we're here to talk about things that are fun yes see how i twisted that (laughs) co-op games and co-op gaming experiences that we liked that we enjoyed um uh, I, I can start us off. Yeah, go for okay. it. Okay. Um, so my first example, look, this is one, uh, a game that I have championed on this show, a bunch, Super Mario 3D World on the Nintendo mm. Wii U. Um, first of all, just a super underrated Mario game that doesn't get uh, nearly the respect it should because it's trapped on the Wii U. Um, but it's uh, such a good game to play uh, co-op. Uh, like most modern Mario games that have uh, co-op play in it, if someone gets in trouble, you can just bubble up um, and then like float your way over to the person who's doing the best. Um, but the game also has this like sneaky little this thing where it keeps track of all all the points that everyone gets. So if you collected the stars, if you collected the extra lives, if you killed more enemies, you get more points. And at the end of the level, it awards the person with the most points a crown. And you want that crown yes, so you do. bad. You want the c- Sarah and I, while playing, have uh, taken to yelling <laughs> at each other, nothing matters but the crown. <laughs> so, like, if you have the crown, other people can steal it from you by attacking you or doing, like, a butt stomp near you. Or if you get hit, you lose the crown, and then someone else can pick it up. We have, like, 
triggered the game over screen because we're like running off the edge to try and collect this crown. Well, level completion is secondary <laughs> to being the crown holder. Absolutely. Nothing yeah. matters but the crown. It's turned the Mario level into a mini game of sorts. It's totally. like a marathon run. Mm-hmm. It's like who can hold, you know, kill the carrier sort of a game yes. <laughs> to the end of the level. <laughs> and, then it, and it's in a game that like doesn't really need that extra dressing. Like playing it by yourself is a wholly rewarding and wonderful experience. Um, playing it with more people uh, makes it both more chaotic and more fun in a way that, like, the new Mario series, New Super Mario Brothers, uh, never really Mm-mm. accomplished. Um, the the more characters in those, like, you s- at some point you concede that, like, all right, this is just nonsense now. Um, but you can get four people in uh, Super Mario 3D World, and it fe- it can feel like a real meaningful we're all working together but also secretly against each other <laughs> uh, kind of experience. I'm I really hope that that is a switch port in the future. Yeah. Or I that mean, we get a sequel to it. Just every mm, Wii U game. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, it, it, it's it's like one of the lone holdouts now. Yeah. Uh, Tokyo Mirage <laughs> Sessions is coming out <laughs> before Super Mario 3D World. It'll make it, I'm sure. I don't, I don't know, man. On the next Switch. (laughs) Switch 2. Yeah. Uh, Christian? Um, Well, so I want to throw back a little bit here. Mm. And the first game I want to talk about uh, is... So I actually, before the show, I mentioned to you, I weirdly have a bunch of rare games. So I'm going to just name one, and then we're going to gloss right past it. But Jet Force Gemini, I don't know if either of you ever played it. No, I would love for you to explain to me what this game is. Because I know it involves, like... Two dopey looking kids and their dopey looking dog. Oh, yeah. Well, they're very, so they're very <laughs> it's a rare game. Like, yeah, yeah okay, it's, fair enough. it's very rare stylized, mm-hmm. uh, which is weird because like James Bond and Perfect Dark actually looks great, but that is very Kremlin, big eye sort of a yeah character art. It's a it's a spacefaring game. You have three different characters, which is awesome, and they all have like slightly different traits and attributes to them. So like the dog has like a hover boost, and the the one guy can do this. I think the girls able to like breathe underwater. One of them can like go invisible. It's so, like they all have you know different traits. Yeah. And kind of like Star Fox, there's like a star map, and there's different planets, and you go from one planet to the next, and you start out seated over the galaxy. You're in different spots, and you have to join up, and then you eventually go oh, and fight cool. the big bad guy. And one of the cool things is a couple levels in, each character finds like a part to this robot. So you, just like Luigi, you don't have him right away. It's like a couple levels in. But once they all join together, you put the robot Floyd together. And then your second player just acts as an on-screen reticle. And it's this little robot that'll follow around with you. And he can also target and shoot at the enemies. So like it just mm. becomes like secondary help, which... If you don't have that person, the AI will do it, but it's like very slow and it's kind of inaccurate. Whereas if you actually have someone there with you, it's very helpful. I will say, second player, like reticle only characters, is an underrated mm-hmm. feature in games. Um, that, uh, not to blow up anyone's spot if anyone's going to say any of the Mario Galaxy games. Yes. Um, but like, that's. That is a helpful and useful and engaging feature for another person in the room who doesn't want to like totally be plugged in and like playing the game, but still wants to participate. Especially for like really little kids. Especially for anyone, man. Yeah. Like my my uh, roommates in Chicago, like when I play, would be like, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll collect star bits. That'll sure. be fun." <laughs> like yeah, why why not? 
Uh, so are you sorry? We're, so we're blowing past Jet Force Jedi? So yeah, because okay. the game is is a is a mess, and <laughs> in its time, in its time, it was incredible, but in today, it is an unplayable mess. But um, Perfect Dark, on the other hand, mm. which basically took GoldenEye and then refined it, they fixed certain things and actually made a better game than remo- GoldenEye was. Removed the license. <laughs> they removed the license, but then they also so the campaign was incredible. But they had two things. First of all, you could play the entire ca- campaign in co-op. I had no idea. Oh, and it's amazing. And not and they did something that like if you go play Halo, yeah. right, in co-op, you just have like second Master Chief in like the original. So like yeah. there's just two Master Chiefs suddenly. Whereas in this, they're like, oh no, you're the other agent, and it actually has a different character look to it and everything, and she had a name. It's like very they were like on top of that. Yeah. But they also had a second mode, which was even better, and it was counter operative, where Ooh. the second player can he spawns as the enemies that are in the game. So like they don't give you like a stronger, like full player health. You have the regular like computer controlled enemy health, the NPCs cool. and whatever guns they have, and you can go and try and stop the other player from beating the level. Oh wow, that is really cool. It was amazing. And I don't know why that isn't in like almost anything that has like a start to end level design yeah today i would play that in any game yeah especially in like a couch co-op situation like just being able to mess with your friends i know in the n64 that must have been hilarious because yeah. you could just see where everybody where yeah each right other work yeah <laughs> well i was i was a i was a little like i was a weird you know i was in you know film class and everything so i got like the TV splitter, and I would route the system like through the VCR <laughs> and then out so that I could plug it into two TVs, and then I, we would block off both sides on the TV so you could Perfect. only see your screen. Amazing, <laughs> because we were crazy. That's um, great. I, I've always like heard stories of like people setting up the you know with like cardboard and <laughs> oh like, yeah, blanket. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like they're like no 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 we're gonna split the, we're gonna split the signal <laughs> yeah. and then just cover halves of two TVs. That's that's a very good solution. But that was that that was like one of the coolest things. That was amazing. And then like I mentioned, like Rare, the other one would be Donkey Kong, which and that's going back to the SNES days. And it's similar. It's like they just took the idea of what Mario had, where it's like you're Red Mario, I'm Green Mario. And yeah. The, you know, in the original. And when you die, it's now the other person's turn. But this, it just one of you is Dixie, one of you is Diddy, and you could even press select and switch between characters. It's like, hey, you take over. You're gonna be better for this part. You can do the hair twirl and get yeah. by, and then I'll switch back. So like they were very like on top of those things, rare. Yeah, and it's it, it, like I, I like the sort of adherence to like no, it has to be another character, mm-hmm. um, and that like the presence of another character means also the presence of another player. I think that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, one of my games was Donkey, the original Donkey Kong Country, which we've talked a lot about on this show because it's like a seminal game for me, and yeah. really part of it, the reason I enjoy that game so much, and it's a recurring theme, and we'll talk about it with like later games is just the idea i've always enjoyed doing things as like a group like as a team mm-hmm. rather than just like an individual effort and so yeah playing through the original donkey kong country with my sister and being able to do have two controllers right it was the first time at least in my experience ever being able to go through like a traditional platformer that way because you know playing uh mario 3 or super mario world you could trade off you could like take mm-hmm. turns but rarely was it like you're both in the same level together and like even oh, though you're, you're like, not controlling at exactly the same time. but it's like oh like you uh you're controlling diddy and diddy right uh ha- can do this like cartwheel into this jump that'll get yeah. us up there like i seed control to you 
Like, I don't know. It's such, like, a good memory for me, being able to play through that game that way. It's so interesting that uh, a couple things. Uh, One is that Donkey Kong Country had, um, like, you had to choose right at the beginning, right? Whether you're doing single player, Mm -hmm. two-player co-op, or two-player competitive. Um, and like two player competitive, get that out of here. First, first of all, no one wants to be the yellow versions of Donkey <laughs> and Diddy. What is that? Which I would do that, but I mean, like for Donkey Kong Country is also on my like seminal list game because my sure. brother and I would, I mean, we would get we would almost do speed runs. We'd have that game done in like a couple hours. We would yeah. just burst through that game. Um, so that that's one thing, and the second thing I've forgotten. <laughs> oh no that's my fault i interrupted <laughs> it's, it's okay it's okay you started talking and, and i was like yep I, I still have it i still have it and then you stopped talking oh. i was like i don't have it anymore but it, it is interesting like mechanically how on top of things they were i do uh, i'm not one of those people that is like oh they never should have left nintendo or anything like that but when you look at what they've made for microsoft versus everything they were doing for nintendo it's it's interesting i feel like w- they would have been on a continued path. I mean, the next thing they yeah. were making was that Donkey Kong Racing game, the sequel Diddy. to Diddy Kong Racing. Right. Yeah, and Diddy Kong Racing also had a ton of brilliant new ideas and mechanics that Mario Kart didn't have. Yeah, yeah, no, they shouldn't have gone away. Actually, the next entry on my list is a rare game, so I will just bring <laughs> it up now. Um, Battletoads, right? Um, uh, Battletoads, one of the like most notoriously like difficult nes games uh physically impossible to get past the 11th level uh playing co-op um that the second player just simply can't progress you have to let that character die until they have no more lives and then you can continue (laughs) um but uh battletoads for me uh was you know something that i played originally when it first came out and i was in elementary school and my buddy reed had a copy of the game and you know i would trade my copy of some other dumb nintendo game uh to get it for a little bit but it was most fun when we were trying to play it together um but reed was a little bit of a jerk and we were children in elementary school so i guess i was probably a jerk too um and so we would like (laughs) beat each other up the game is big into friendly fire right like you can really hurt each other really easily um in the second level as you're like rappelling down this pit um and if you hold up against the wall you become a wrecking ball and then if you swing the wrecking ball and hit your partner, you they die. <laughs> it's like it's an instant kill. <laughs> um, it's an irresponsible game. Later <laughs> in college, uh, my buddy Al ha- had uh, an NES and a copy of Battletoads, and I don't really know what it was that like got into us that we were like, let's get good at Battletoads. Let's get let's play this game. Uh, like let's rehearse it. Let's uh, choreograph getting through all of the places where it has to be like a, you know, hyper memorized, like on the speeder bike or, uh, you know, in the surf levels or you know, anything. Um, and so we had th- this game co-op like down to a science up until, of course, the 11th level, which is impassable <laughs> with, with two players. Um, but so Al and I played the heck out of that game um, together. And uh, I will not be able to think of Battletoads as a, like solo experience mm. for me it is always going to be specifically a game that i played with al um and just like conquering and memorizing all of like the nightmare little puzzles that that game would make you memorize um but, but i just i i know there's a new battletoads coming out um but like you know i don't i don't know al anymore 
<laughs> so I probably won't play the new Battletoads. Ever, I think everyone has an owl out there for some kind of a co-op game of their own. Yeah, if you're missing your owl, write in <laughs> with your dedications. <laughs> I, I, so I don't know, does Battletoads, I guess it has the reputation for being really hard. I don't know if it has the reputation for being bad, but one thing that uh, you talked about Battletoads mm-hmm. made me think of is just in general, one thing I really, really enjoy about playing games on like in co-op is that it can take a game that's just like mediocre or fine and turn it into like a really fun and memorable experience. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons why I'm really grateful that Nintendo still focuses on couch co-op because I think it's so yes, like we want all of the games to have like online play so we can connect with friends Please. that are really far away or whatever. <laughs> but there is something that is like that even those that online play can't replicate, right? It's just never the sure, same as sure. being like yeah. in the same room. Yeah, well, and, like, I mean, to, to your point about games that are, like, kind of middling made much better by the presence of, of co-op, um, Kirby's Epic Yarn, recently Yoshi's Crafted World, um, and even the Kirby Star Allies from last year, like, all of those games uh, go from being, like, you know, whatever they are to being, like, fun and engaging experiences just because they're like, yeah, and there's another person. Um... Another co-op game. Yes. I, I just thought of this. It wasn't originally on my list, but Castle Crashers is on the Switch now. It is, yeah. So I don't really know Castle Crashers. It's made by um, the people that did Alien Hominid and actually one of the best platformers of last generation. Um, oh, my gosh. I shouldn't have said that before I remember <laughs> what the title of it was. Uh, and right at this moment, Patrick's remembering the thing that he was going to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but then I forgot it by the time you finished <laughs> queuing me up for it. But it's it's really good. I think those guys came from like the old school like Newgrounds days of making Flash games, and then they just made their way over to like XBLA and Xbox Live Arcade. Um, it's it's awesome. It's a ton of fun. It's something I think I replayed. I played like once, twice, maybe even three times, just like multiple times through different characters. But that is a game that is not a ton of fun by yourself. But if you have a second player and then a third player and a fourth player, it's suddenly an incredible amount of fun. It is so much better as a group than if you're playing by yourself. It is a totally serviceable, fine game alone. But it is a great game if you're playing it co-op. Yeah, I, I, I just... I love that. I mean, it, it, obviously, uh, there are a lot of games that are like competitive uh, multiplayer experiences. Um, and I think there is something like different and magical about a co-op game, right? That That is different. Like a Mario Party, for example, or mm-hmm. Super Mario Party. Um, the, I guess a serviceable game by yourself, maybe not even, borderline unplayable yeah. by yourself. Um, but like when you get other people playing with you it is you know that's when it becomes a a game but like the most recent one super Super mario party has that raft mode where you're all playing together and that is when the game gets good now this is interesting because i was wondering if this game was going to come up is this technically co-op or isn't that just multiplayer well that mode in super mario party is is cooperative is cooperative because okay. you, you are playing the mini games together, like towards a common goal. You're not okay. playing against each other. Well, and to that point, so one of the games I have on my list is kind of like 
skirting the rules a little bit. Ooh. But I have, yes, uh, always <laughs> wanted to push boundaries. Um, I have Smash Brothers Melee on mm-hmm. my on my list, and the reason why I'm counting it as co-op is so um, my younger sister she is um, really really amazing at Smash Brothers. She plays Samus is her main, mm. and Heck yeah. could like always destroy me with ease. Um, but we really like playing the game uh, together, and so what we would do is we would like just set up a you know four person Smash. And we would like make challenges for ourselves, kind of like the spirit board now. But it would be like, okay, we're going to go through all of the characters, and all four of us are going to be the characters. But we're going to be on like teams. It's going to be us versus the computer players, and we're just going to go through and do that for every player or uh, or for every character available, or like just like different like configurations like that. Yeah. And that's really the most fun I had playing that game. It wasn't. Uh, beating each other up it was when like my friends or my sister or my sister who is my friend would <laughs> you know like uh um yeah. we would like play cooperatively like we would find ways to make it like more fun i would say that that is an underrepresented mode in fighting games um mm-hmm. a, a co-op mode um the uh, ultra street fighter 2 on the switch has a um has a, a co-op mode where it's it's like you can only play as like Ken and Ryu and you just fight like the evil characters. Oh, that's it, cool. It's it's super minimal, um, but like it's sort of fun. And then you could also do that in uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken um, w- because it, it's a, a tag team um, game. And so you could do it where uh, the second player had control of, you know, the second character. So when you act, when you tagged out, you were actually tagging out to another player. Um, which was super cool. This seems like a good spot to transition to another old game before I break uh, the rules myself. But um, not a fighter, but a brawler, Double Dragon on the NES, mm. which, by the way, I'm pretty sure we're like right up, we're butting up against, or maybe we just passed the 30-year anniversary of my favorite guilty pleasure, The Wizard. Oh, yes, 89, yeah. So I, th- I, th- I think that's right. Which I still haven't been to those dinosaurs. I gotta go see that. I I've watched that movie probably a hundred times. <laughs> we we watched uh, the the wizard um, for an episode that we did with Ryan Mogi like uh, two, two years, years ago, ago. Um, and yeah, man, what a weird flick. Yeah, um, I still love it though. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, the now is the version of Double Dragon that he's playing is that the arcade version That's or is he playing the the I'm NES pretty version. sure it's the arcade when they do it in the movie, but they might even do both because they go back and forth. Sometimes Sorry, he's playing yeah, the NES, just real fast. December fifteenth, nineteen eighty nine. So it hasn't okay. passed okay. yet. Where we're, so we're getting about it. a month away. Coming up, coming up soon. <laughs> One month from Pokemon, which, <laughs> <laughs> which is also like a a week after the one year anniversary of Smash Ultimate. So it's coming up go. soon. Coming up fast. Uh, making me feel a little old. That's okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um. Okay. So. I think you're gonna have to sell me a little bit on Double Dragon because th- is is Double Dragon or the second one in the Double uh, Dragon NES? Two? Yeah, it's Double Dragon Two okay. is the one. Um, because that uh, I had a not too positive experience uh, playing that on the um the NES Classic. Oh yeah, it's hard. You okay, just lose all, right. all the time, which is part of why like that's such a good thing to play with another person because. And this was a game when you first messaged me about this. Another game, Rush and Attack, is a game on the NES, and that and Double Dragon Two are 
two games that I've never beaten. I never, I haven't gone back and tried, but as a kid, I was not talented enough. And also they were just brutally hard. Yeah. Because this is from the time where games were made for you to keep putting quarters in. So they were explicitly hard to beat. They weren't meant to be beaten by people. It was supposed to be, you were supposed to have to call someone on the phone to figure it out. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, the Nintendo Power tip line. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's you know, it, it was no no surprise that I never beat those, but it was always more satisfying to play them with my brother because when I played by myself, I would not get past maybe, like, the first or the second level, like, yeah. ever, ever. I don't think yeah, I ever got to the third stage of Russian Attack solo. Um, those types of games are always, like, you just need more fists. Mm-hmm. You just need more fists. You need more feet flying. You just need a body in front of you to protect yeah, you. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> some, sometimes someone's got to take the hit so that someone else can keep moving. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, I would like to start breaking the rules. Okay. Um, but not in the way that I'm going to break the rules uh, a- after this one. <laughs> I'm going to bring up a game that is not on a Nintendo platform. Oh. But... It could and should immediately be ported to Switch. I'm talking, of course, about Portal 2. Yes. So Portal, great, great game, fun sense of humor, good puzzle-solving stuff. Portal 2, even more of that, plus an entirely separate co-op campaign uh, that you play as little robots with portal guns, um, and they each have their own like distinct set of portals. Um, and uh, playing Portal 2 was the the co-op specifically of Portal 2 um, was something that I loved so much I did all the way through twice with two separate like two separate friends and Portal is such a uh, the experience is so like once you solve it you're like oh yeah like I get it like all the puzzles are all like these spatial reasoning um, things and you walk into the room and you're like how am I ever going to figure this out <laughs> and then five minutes later you're like oh I do this um, and oh, so okay, like let's brag about it <laughs> <laughs> takes me five minutes um, but you know like your second time through once you know what all the puzzles yeah. are like a lot of the fun is sort of like taken away but I enjoyed Portal 2 so much and like the writing is so clever um, and like the performances are so interesting that uh, I was happy to, you know, do it a second time to sort of like hang back and let my friend, my new friend, try to figure out all, all the answers to the puzzles. Man, if only Valve was still interested in making games. Or putting a game yeah. on a different platform. <laughs> yeah. They don't even have to make this game. It's already made. It, I was literally uh, like on the drive over here thinking about Left 4 Dead, mm. another Valve game. Yes. And just And just yeah. being like, why? Like. You know what? Just put out the current ones on the I current know. systems why again. Why did that just, franchise just die? Them then. It doesn't make any sense to me. And why aren't they just getting ripped off? Like, just has, can someone else just copy the mechanics? Like, I understand that like this people don't want to rip question. stuff off, but like it doesn't exist. Since like, no when one else do is people doing not it. want to rip stuff off? You know, <laughs> you can't you can't own the mechanic. That's you can right. own the the theme. So make a new theme, make a new story, but put the mechanics in. I want a portal. I want another portal game. Yep. And I want another Left 4 Dead game. Or like, why people could just approach them and be like, "Hey, we want to make a portal game." Bridge Constructor did it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. Bridge Constructor. <laughs> That's right. That is on Switch. Yeah. There we go. You know, they they actually have the PC version. I've been tempted to buy it, even though I don't ever play on PC. Because they actually have custom maps on the PC version, Ooh. which was like the one thing that I was always like, oh, I almost like would want to get it just so I could keep going in Portal 2 because it's so good. That it's really, really yeah. good. Top 
co-op experience of all time, I would say, for me. It's in my top ten, for um, sure. Uh, I, I hesitate to bring this up because uh, when I look back on it, it is embarrassing. But uh, I kept I kept a blog in 2011. Amazing. Uh, and at, at the end of 2011... Uh, I had a, like top ten experiences uh, of of the year, and it was all it was all kinds of things. Um, but the co-op of Portal Two uh, made the list. I love it. Uh, would you like me to read what please. I wrote about it at the oh, time? Please. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, desperately. Uh, <clears throat> the single <clears throat> the single player campaign in Portal Two is enough to make is enough to put it on this list. But the real transcendent experience is playing the playing the co-op with a friend. Portal's gameplay revolves around puzzles that need to be solved with only a handful of consistent physical abilities, and the level design is so spartan that nothing appears in vain. Uh, uh, and it is in this complex simplicity that, uh, and it is this complex simplicity that facilitates the most engaging multiplayer I've ever had the pleasure of playing, plus the robots you get to control have a series of gestures to celebrate a job well done. One of those gestures is hugging. Hugging! <laughs> uh, I don't believe I need to expand beyond the immeasurable joys of making robots hug. That's great. I love it. Uh, uh, does someone else have a co-op game or experience they'd like to share? Uh, Sniffer Clips. Yeah. Oh, I, I wasn't sure if puzzle yeah. games counted, but this one's got to, right? Yeah. Yes. Like, of course. Uh, Switch launch title. Um, It's the most fun I've ever had with a puzzle game, I think. Sure. Like, uh, I love the little pieces of paper's goofy personality, kind of sexy personalities. It's They are obviously getting physical joy out of cutting mm. each other mm. <laughs> um I, I yeah i just think it's so much fun there are specific types of games where it's you know that you just have to play with somebody that you can like get a little bit like pointed with yes. and just be like no you turn your purple guy to the right i will cut you a little bit and then they stand up and they're like no i will not do that you turn your pink person and you know that it's going to turn out fine, and eventually you'll get that basketball into the hoop, and everybody will be happy. That's also a game that forces you to develop a strange vocabulary with your co-op partner, right? Where you're like, okay, scoop me out. <laughs> yeah. Ma make me a scoop. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, no, we're both going to be stars here. <laughs> I just really, I, I really love that game. Yeah, that's a good game. There that's is, there is a lot of that too. Like when I play, so I play that generally with my girlfriend. I, mm -hmm. we haven't beat it, but we're like at the end of that yeah. game and it is very much like one of us is the cutter yeah unless you need two cutters but one of us is like the primary cutter yeah. like when you need like the weird shapes and the other person is like okay well i'll do the secondary thing and it's like we have our roles <laughs> and like everyone knows their role and that's how it works oh man what a good game they uh they did um the uh, like play together. What there, there was like an expansion or something. Right. For it, right? Yeah. Which I haven't played. I haven't gone back to it oh, either. I didn't know about that. I will have to check it out. We're all derelict in uh, our duties. I, I do a bad job of finishing games like that because I want to stretch them out, and so we'll be like, oh, we'll just play like three more levels. Tonight. Yeah. And that's not so that we still have a little left, and then and then something happens, and you just never finish it. See, that's how Sarah and I think we are with Overcooked, but then we play the whole thing in one night. <laughs> oh. Oh, I. So okay, can we talk about Overcooked? Because we can talk about Overcooked. So, it's a co-op game. So we can't get through Overcooked because um, we're not allowed to move on to the next level unless we have three stars. Oh, see, 
Now, we'll settle for two. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. <laughs> uh, that is not okay. <laughs> that right. is, that is right. against the rules in our household, and which is the, uh, the kind folks over at Team 17, the, uh, the people behind Overcooked, when you talk to them, they will tell you that in their development studio, the game is known as Divorce Kitchen. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> it is. I don't know if that is a cooperative <laughs> game sometimes. It is like snipper clips like can be a little like sometimes you're like, all right, no, we need to do this. There's like a little bit of that, but it's the perfect amount. Whereas Overcooked is designed to make you like just lose it sometimes. Like the fail state in snipper clips is so like, oh, just like respawn. Yeah. Like, yeah. You cut wrong, right? Like uh, you can just regrow. We can start over real fast. It's not a big deal. Overcooked, you're like down to the second, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And like that's what gets you. Yeah, and then you end up like screaming like, <laughs> if that dish would have been clean two seconds ago, I would have done it. And then you have to start all over. Yeah. Like, and get back to the stressful part. Which is fine for most of it. It's the, there are some, like, extra long yes. uh, overcooked. The the boss battle in the original Overcooked is, so, it's like a 10-minute ordeal. And, like, actually, I don't know if Sarah and I ever beat that. Now that I'm thinking about it. I, I, I definitely didn't get up to it. <laughs> all right. We'll have to check. I'm going to go get Sarah. We're going to do this <laughs> right now. <laughs> Uh, Christian, do you have a? I, I know we just talked overcooked a little bit, but do you ha- do you have another one? So yeah, um, I have two puzzle games I want to talk about. First, we'll just it's very quick. It's uh, oh my gosh, the new Toad game, the Captain re- Toad Treasure Captain Tracker. Toad. Yes, the re-release on Switch because now they added co-op yep. with Toadette. That is great. Uh, so that co-op is available in all forms of the game. Oh, it what they oh, was they not at launch, but uh, they retroactively added it. Actually, I wonder if they did it to the 3DS version, but they certainly did it to the Wii U version. Oh, I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. great. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Was it part um, of the expansion pack for the Wii U? Possibly. Or that not, would make not sense. for the Wii U, probably for the Switch. Like the expand, right? Do you remember how they yeah, had like a so update for it? I think like the DLC? I think the co-op was available on the Wii U and the Switch like a couple days before the expansion. Uh, oh, okay. I think I think it was like it was a weird rollout of the game. Yeah, it came later. Because like there's a version, maybe this is the only version of co-op in that game where like one person controls the camera. But is there another version mm-hmm. where there's two toads, a toad and a toadette? Yeah, so that's is, what Christian yeah. is describing. Right gotcha. Now, yeah. Right, which is when you were brought up like snipper clips. I was like, well, also Captain Toad. Yeah, it's great. Um, which that was a fun one because that was one I also. Like, when I played it on the Wii U, I didn't finish it. I got up to the last, like, the third. There's basically three chapters of it, or three books. Yeah. When I got up to the third book, I was like, oh, I got to slow down. I really, I'm, like, because I was just blowing through that game. Yeah. And then I never just picked it up again, so I never played the whole third book. So I ha- I got to play that on the Switch and then do it all in co-op. And it had been, you know, maybe two or three years since I played it. So it was, most of the puzzles, I didn't remember everything. Yeah. So that was nice. But uh, time to break the rules. The <gasps> best... The best one of this is like in my top five games from this year, and one of the best co-op experiences I've ever had. Baba is you. Oh, interesting. Baba's, that makes a lot of sense. Have you played this game? No, I heard it was really difficult. You need to. So you need to play this game if you like puzzle games at all, because it is the most unique puzzle game I've played in forever. It's I, there's no like logic puzzle game I've ever seen anything like this. It's all it's all word based. So like. There will be words on the board, and you control a little sheep named Baba, and you can push 
objects around the level, such as anything that are words. So it'd be like the words Baba, the word is, and you. So if you were to push any of those words and break that chain, you're no longer Baba, and then you'd lose the level, and then you can just reset. It's a very good reset state, like good fail state, kind of like snipper clips. You can just hit X, or you can press, a, uh, I think, like Y and go back a single move as well if you don't want to do a full reset. Nice. Um, and you can do that as like undo as many times as you want too. It's not like just a single. You could press it like 50 times and go halfway back, so you don't have to redo whatever you've done. And it just gets tougher and tougher and tougher. They start to add in like different items. Like some things can be pushed, some things can't. And it's just it's much easier to solve when you're speaking out loud, mm. and it's much crazier to do it alone. <laughs> uh, if you're playing that game solo, you will want to just say the words out loud. It's right. just easier just, to process. Just to like info. run them through, yeah. But it's great because I'm sitting there and I'm like trying to do something. And then she's like, well, this is this and this is that. And she's just reading it like so different than I am. And I was like, oh, you just said a thing I never would have gotten to. And she didn't have the answer yet. But then because she said something right. that I wasn't thinking about, I was able to kind of put together the two things that we were both looking at and solve. You should both. That would be like if you play anything else this year. I would tell you to go play Pokemon? that. Pokemon? I would tell you to play that before I tell you to play Pokemon. Whoa. Whoa, Just Christian. because, look, Pokemon is my favorite <laughs> franchise of all time. Right. But it's going to be, you know what that game is. That's You've true. You've never played a game like Baba's You. You've never played a game like this. It's incredible. Uh, that's a, that is a good co-op recommendation, for, especially for a not actually co-op game. It should be a co-op. People shouldn't play that game alone because <laughs> you will get you will get angry. That's also another game I recommend play like a couple levels at a time so you don't get mad. <laughs> because when you do solve them, you feel dumb. <laughs> yeah, for having not seen it immediately. You're like, oh, oh. it was actually really easy. <laughs> um, Mark, you've got one more? I do have one more, yeah. And then Christian, do you have... No, I'm, that, that was you, it. You're tapped out. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so my last one is Super Mario Brothers three. Yeah, um, baby. So like it is in it, there is a mode in here where right you like alternate turns back and forth every time you complete a level or you die the other person takes over. Um, and then there's like the Mario Brothers esque competitive levels. Yeah, when you're on the same space. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. But uh, for me, like the way that i experienced this in the most like cooperative i guess you could say is watching my oldest sister play through it like me and my siblings just basically like si like we we're just enjoying watching her beat this level mm -hmm. uh, or beat this game and i remember when she got to like bowser's castle this was like the most exciting right you like make it through the dark world which to this day is incredibly difficult yes if you're not like well prepared um I mean, and there's that one level where it's just uh, the flying airships and just a bunch of little airships. Oh, man. It's so tough. <laughs> uh, and I, I remember so distinctly getting to defeating Bowser. You go in to uh, see Princess Peach and uh, Toadstool at the time. And you get like the, <laughs> you know. Peach Toadstool. Uh, yeah. Um, the little like, oh, uh, we're sorry. Oh, we're sorry. But uh, the princess is in another castle, dot, dot, dot. Ha, ha, ha. And thinking that that was, like, the best thing that ever, had ever <laughs> happened to me. Like, I have such fond memories of just, like, yeah. that experience. And it was totally passive for me. Um, right? I never played. I was just, like, watching. Yeah. But it felt like such a collective. It was, like, an amazing experience. Um, so my... I, I have two more examples, but they're, they're both single-player games that feel uh, multiplayer 
for the basically the same reason. Um, uh, first is Wario Land Shake It on the Wii, um, which is a Wario Land game that I played uh, with my roommates in Chicago, Andrew and Taylor. Um, and Andrew is uh, an obsessive completionist. He is th uh, the friend of mine that collected all 900 Korok seeds in both regular and master mode of Breath of the Wild. Um, and then Taylor, who's uh, he's more like kind of action oriented in games. So like he's very much into platformers and stuff. And uh, Wario Land on the Wii like hit that perfect like balance of like Andrew wanted to collect everything and Taylor wanted us to like get through the levels. Um, and so it was all and the, the game also sets out all these different um, conditions for like how you can beat the level. So, you know, there's all these treasures in there. So like one thing is get all the treasures. But another thing is like, uh, you know, this one is beat the level without killing any of this enemy or like uh, beat it with, uh, you know, hopping three times on like this kind of floating enemy or whatever. So like when we'd start a new level, Andrew would clock all of the things and be like, all right, great. So we're doing this, we're doing this. Patrick, you don't land on that guy. Don't kill that guy. We can't kill those guys. Um, and so I, I loved that game. Um, uh, Andrew recently was out here uh, to visit. And, you know, this is obviously like 10 years after the game came out. And we popped it back in just to see like, oh, do we still like this game? Um, and there was one level that we hadn't played at all that maybe like unlocked after we had done everything else. And we like went back in and played another level of this game, the two of us. Uh, and, you know, it, it was just me holding the controller. But like, again, it was... It wouldn't make sense for me to do it by myself. Sure, he had to be here for us to play the one more level one yeah. more time. Um, but so that there, there's that, and then my this is my classic go-to answer for co-op games that uh, a solo game that is that I played in a cooperative way, uh, and it is the Legend of Zelda: The Twilight Princess. So I got a Wii. Uh, the year after college, right? I, and I was uh, still living on campus as a hall director. I like managed the hall and you know was a, a professional, uh, except that I was a professional, not really anything. Like I sure. was just, I was there in the hall and was available for um, students if they needed anything. It meant a lot of time just sort of being available. Um, so the we was a good way to just like be available and be present, right? So like I would just have my door open and have the Wii and people could come in and play tennis or uh, WarioWare or whatever. And one of those whatevers was Twilight Princess. So I would have, you know, like a dozen people in my room just shouting things at the screen, like telling me where to go next <laughs> and like <laughs> telling me what I had like forgotten or like, you know, you picked up that gear thing and, and you know, s someone is like, oh, hey, we saw those tracks where you can use the gear over here. Or like, you get the hook shot, and someone's like, oh, well, we saw those targets uh, oh, back in this village. And then just, like, being able to experience that world as a, like, collective um, is, like, it's the only way, uh, as far as I'm concerned, to play Twilight Princess. Mm. Um, it it, it, it's, it, it, it was perfect. And, and like, I, I played the game again when they did the remaster on um, on Wii U. And it's, it's, you know, still still fun, but, like, utterly lacking in what was, like, a transformationally good experience for me. It's also, like, maybe the only time I've played all the way through a Zelda game without looking anything up or getting stuck. 
Um, oh, that's always such a nice thing. Yeah, uh, that just to have like uh, just to have some people there to have like my own little brain trust that was uh, remembering things and had their own like ideas about like how to best to get around the map or how we should prioritize what Link is up to. It's just uh, just perfect. Is there anything else at this time that we would like to say about co-op and co-op games? Just glad they exist. Yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite type of game is co-op games. There's just, uh, I mean, Nintendo games just unfortunately don't have a lot of online ones, which for me is just Mm -hmm. most of the people that I would get to play with locally, the games that I would want to play co-op wouldn't be the ones that I can I mean, I, I do think it's telling that a lot of the stories that we've told have either involved, like, roommates, significant right. others, family members, people that we have lived with. Um, and, uh, you know, being able to play uh, any of these games online yeah, would maybe unlock that, like, ability to... Well, it's so funny, Mark, you and I have talked about this a couple times, um, that uh, our our switches almost are never in the same room at the same time. Yeah. Um, and like of people that I play video games with, I mostly play with Sarah, and then like I play with you. But like, you know, usually just the two of us like on one system together. Mm. We don't play any online games together. We could. <laughs> See, for me, I think the difference for me is like so my co-host on Unranked. I grew yeah. up with them. Like we grew up in the same town, and we would go over and play and like you know come over we'll play games in my basement or wherever yeah. and then when we all move away that was when like halo came out and xbox so we would do that and the reason i'm like always so bummed the nintendo games don't offer that is because the nintendo games are the ones that i actually really want to be able to play with them yeah but i can't and it's like the halo 5 i didn't beat the campaign in that for like a year after it came out because i didn't want to play it single player yeah so like i just had to wait until it was all four of us to be able to play together and we just like slowly chipped away at it because i don't i don't play those games single player that's just not how i want to play that game which is that's why it's like it's not as good as local but i would love it to be an option and it's just because it's such a good experience playing with other people is just it's more fun most of the time depending on what you're doing yeah. Speaking of which, Whoa. Christian, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, I actually. So I'm making a party card game. Woo! Um, it is called Harmony Echoes of Power. So the Kickstarter date isn't definitive yet. When that's going to be? We're just. I'm looking at a couple of different things. It. I may want to actually. It. It might be very soon, or it might be maybe like a little bit more than a month out. I like. I as I said, I like to play games with other people the most, and. Pokemon is my favorite franchise, and I grew up playing Yu-Gi-Oh! I never played the Pokemon card game. Just I think a lot of the rules for competitive card games are kind of like a high barrier of entry for like young kids, which also means then like parents aren't gonna be able to play them with their kids. Whereas like for me growing up, some of my favorite nights were like game night with like my family. Mm-hmm. I love doing that. The the basic way it's actually other people have also like that I've played it with have now described it as and it's is it's half uno half pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever and it everyone gets a monster and the goal is to just eliminate the next player and you can play two to eight players so you're not sure when when you're going to be launching the the kickstarter do you have like a a website where people can yes. like find out more about it so if you go to uh harmony eop echoes of power.com you can sign up for our mailing list and we will email you with updates the actual trailer will be live 
by the time you're listening to this for the game. Um, and then I'm going to do gameplay demos and stuff. Uh, and also, it's Harmony EOP on Instagram and Twitter. Well, very cool, Christian. Um, uh, I'm excited uh, to, to see the, the Kickstarter launch when it does, and I'm excited to see this trailer. Also, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. I think we did a good job. Yeah, but as with all of these, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's some that we missed or, you know, we broadened the definition of what could be a co-op game so wide that I would love to hear other people's, like, collective experiences playing video games. Absolutely. So if you have any of those fun stories that you'd like to share with us and then maybe we could share on the show, you can email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you liked it, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also share the episodes wherever you see fit, uh, but Facebook and Twitter are helpful for us. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at NinCart Society. Also, the Facebook page is just called Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8 Betty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thank you for listening. Hi folks, Sean Watkins here. I'm here to tell you about my podcast slash album called This Is Who We Are. That's right, it's a podcast and a record, all rolled into one. Each episode features one song off the record paired up with a conversation with a guest who is related to that song in some way. Guests include Jackson Brown, Inara George, Kate Micucci, and the conversations aren't about these songs specifically. The songs just serve as sort of a topical springboard that hopefully will lend a little context to this new album of mine. Sort of like a modern day version of Liner Notes, only much more personal. The podcast and the album are both called This Is Who We Are. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts.